My name is Erin Bross, and this is The Dirt, Confessions of a Tree Planter. Art for this podcast comes from another tree planter, Bethany Davis, as part of her illustration series, Follow the Trees. This is a podcast about tree planting as a reforestation practice in the silviculture industry. Tree planters are a collective of people who spend much of their lives replenishing a logged area with new forest. However, tree planting is so much more than the physical act of planting thousands of seedlings in the ground day after day as a job. It is about the connections, experiences, bonds, and memories that last a lifetime. The dirt is a place to shed light on the culture that is mostly contained within those who have stuck a shovel in the ground. It is meant to dive deep into all things tree planting as a place for those to reminisce, relate, or to learn. So wherever you're coming from, as any tree planter would say, may the planting gods be with you. Hey everyone, and welcome back. I am super stoked to be sharing with you today um, a very first interview on the dirt. And it just felt really appropriate with this being a podcast and a way that I'm reaching you via the internet, via social media, that I really wanted to cover an important part of what has been exposing the tree planting culture already and has also been a resource for anyone and anyone, whether you're a tree planter already or you're interested in tree planting, uh, is the online community of tree planting. And so with that, I am interviewing today uh, a man known as Lars Zergen, uh, and he is the founder and creator of King Kong Reforestation, which is a Facebook group. Uh, It's an online community. It's a resource for all things tree planting. And Lars uh, actually goes by the original name of Mike Ross, who's originally from Toronto, although he's now residing out here in British Columbia. Uh, He's an artist Uh, He's a tree planter who was in the business officially for 13 years, and he is the man behind all things King Kong. So with that, um, I'll get here to the interview, Uh, but I will note that uh, there is going to be an episode description where I will include links to some of the YouTube channels where you can find some of the King Kong content that Mike has created over the years. Um, So he's got some really great songs that he's made uh, about tree planting and also videos about tree planting and that also cover the essence of what King Kong is and what he was creating. Um, And if you are out there and you're interested in any of the mp3s uh, because they're fairly hard to find online nowadays if you just search for them um, you can email Lars directly with the subject line planter music and that's at larszergen at live.ca but I will also include all those details in the show notes for you so with that let's get started Okay, so we are good. Um, So, hey, Mike, how's it going? Hello, hello. (laughs) Hi. Um, Yeah, so let's just start off first with a little bit about yourself. Um, Why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you're about? Okay, uh, great. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, This is really cool that you're doing this. I sort of half started a podcast quite a few years ago, um, but then the topic I went on was a little too weird for even my liking. 
and uh, it never went anywhere. So I'm glad to see that you're finally getting it to the air. So that's awesome. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, so I'm from Toronto and uh, I've done all my planting work in the interior of BC and the coast. And now I am entering into year two of my second retirement um, and moving into some different aspects of life. However, um, still going to be here in Nelson. We're still hosting the Tree Planter Film Festival uh, on February 11th here in Nelson. And I've been part of helping those guys get that organized around the country. So still have one finger in the pot of planting. Still hard to get out in a way. Still my exit strategy is not fully activated. <laughs> cool. Um, so I guess I want to start off with just a little bit more about your tree planting background. Uh, how did you get into tree planting? Uh, originally, uh, as a Torontonian kid, um, I was given a really cool job contract to work um, at the Lake Agnes Tea House, which is just above Lake Louise. And uh, that was a, a backcountry chalet kind of vibe uh, with no electricity and living in a wood cabin. And uh, yeah, I just loved it as a Toronto Tokyo. It was a, it was a big deal for me. So uh, I was like definitely into the whole West Coast romance. And, uh, but that was a bit of a shorter season and it didn't really pay that much money. It was more for the experience. And uh, then one of my closest friends who also did that, he eventually got into tree planting and just kind of said, dude, this is it. Um, so I got given a couple contacts. Uh, I don't think any of them actually played out, but I think I was probably one of those guys who writes, you know, that I'm young, dung, and full of cum and just want to like pound and, and just have party or whatever and whatever those bad applications are that you see in the later years of your career. But uh, eventually someone hired me. And uh, I started off with Celtic in uh, Barrier on the Toko Hefley Creek contract. And I definitely came out with a one-way ticket vibe. Um, it was definitely a hard season and I was a very, very slow learner. There was like eight rookies on our crew. And, uh, and I definitely was probably the last one to really catch on to what was going down. Um, but then at the end of the season, I was the only one left in the fall. So that's how that went down. <laughs> uh, late bloomer, but the last one to stand. <laughs> and then that year moved into beetle probing and surveying. And then, yeah, so that first year I pretty much worked six or seven months. And then that was pretty much it. I'd started a new lifestyle. And so how old were you and uh, what year was this? I was older. I was, I was a rookie at 26 uh, and that was in 2006. Okay. So yeah, I was definitely a bit of an older. Um, I was definitely the oldest rookie they had there for sure. All right. So yeah, you've basically been in the game then uh, since 2006. So how many uh, official seasons have you done? So it's been 13 official seasons. I did 11. Um, I did 11 straight. And then I decided I was having a lot of fun making the uh, planting movies. All of my keep cool movies um, that are available on YouTube under the King Kong reforestation uh, manifesto idea 
So I actually went to the Toronto Film School and got a degree in cinematography and editing so I could make more movies. And then after that, once I got a window into a little more of the realities of the working world of TV and film, I kind of just realized um, all of my good friends were tree planting. I could make the same, if not more money tree planting. I could be outside doing the thing that I loved. And, um, and also that year is when we actually started to do King Kong Reforestation as an actual company and we got our own contract. So that was the year I went back and I planted for two more years. And then, uh, and then I pulled out last year, uh, my body caught up to me. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite tree planting memory? Uh, just like whatever sort of jumps to your, your head first. Um, I'm going to say I would be a mix between, um, really bad coastal days, um, with someone who you really, uh, care about or someone that you really admire or respect. There's definitely some really amazing memories of going to the coast on a morning where everything is absolutely red flag, terrible, um, and still making a great day out of it. Um, you definitely wake up in torrential rainstorms a lot of mornings and really, really question what the hell your life is about, what you are doing. This is a massive mistake. Um, but then going out and putting in the really big day and uh, really surprising yourself financially or really surprising yourself emotionally. And, and then, you know, meeting up at the end of the day with a friend who's equally as wet and dirty and tired and sad, but then also really, really happy because you've, you've done it. And it was a, it was a really big day. So there's like, there's coastal accomplishment. And then I'd say for interior stuff, um, there was a day we got some mispriced mounds and, uh, and seeing my friends, you know, seeing everybody hitting a thousand more trees than they'd ever planted all PBing themselves by a thousand and, uh, and then making crazy money due to, uh, due to a mispriced block. That was a pretty big party night. And of course, any party night, pretty much any party night at tree planting was one of the best. Okay. And then to balance that off, because for as many highs in tree planting, there's definitely lows. Uh, so yeah. what is your worst tree planting memory? Um, sure. Uh, actually, my worst came after the best one there. One of the, on that day that we had those massive PBs. Um, we sort of ran out of trees because we had planted so many. So we took the next day. It was a surprise day off the next day. And we had ordered a keg for uh, my buddy Shaughnessy's birthday. We had a keg ready for the night off and we ended up having become a day off. And then we were going to go plant the next day. So we had a keg party in the day. We all got totally lit. Um, hell of a day. Uh, then woke up the next day, super hungover, still went to work on the block. Um, and then I was at the block in my piece, absolutely hungover, went to go take a sad nap under my tarp. And then the foreman drove up to my piece looking for me. He was in my piece. I heard him calling my name and I came out from under the tarp and he said, we needed to go up to the top of the hill to make a phone call. And I thought, I thought maybe a, one of my pieces from the day before had failed or something. I thought maybe I was going to be replanting. But uh, we had to go up to the hill to get some satellite reception because there had been an emergency phone call from 
uh, from Toronto for me. And uh, my father had passed away that night. Uh, so I got that phone call, just sort of standing there looking out at the block. And then um, I guess, luckily enough, we were in Kamloops. So there was a, you know, active, very active airport only half an hour away. So I was able to get on a flight and get back home in one go and make it for the funeral. But uh, yeah, that's about as low as it got. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was, you know, the uh, um, the crew really rounded around me. Uh, I ended up taking off about 10 days for the funeral. And when I came back home, we had moved to a motel and barrier. So all my stuff had been moved. But uh, the guys had all put together a nice little care package for me when I got back to the hotel room. And I just, I guess, just dove back into work, which was kind of, I think, probably the best. Looking back, I still think that was the best option. It was, it was still good for me to just get back out and stay planting and, uh, and I guess just process it the way that I'd always process things out there on the block. Yeah, I can definitely uh, relate to that myself. And uh, yeah, so I mean, um, just to wrap up a little bit here about you. Um, yeah, I mean, using uh, so many of these life experiences to, you know, be dealt with on the block uh, and to be able to sort of plant through highs and lows of your life. Um, how do you feel now going forward, like not, not having that in your life? And, you know, what do you see in the future? Like, do you ever see yourself going back uh, tree planting again, is that door still open? Um, or what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the door is closed. Um, I had some sort of sciatica issues come up and uh, it was definitely highly related to the mechanics of tree planting. So I think I'm just gonna have to go with the, uh, I started off on trying to find this road to recovery um or rehabilitation but uh the more that i'm like exploring the long-term effects of the injury um it was just more related to the mechanics of planting so i'm gonna say planting's done for now uh moving forward i mean i have there's a tons of great skills that i still have we still put in great days of work and uh and you know now um I mean, even the, the, I was joking about this with a friend the other day, even the most minimum of, of things that I learned planting that you just think everybody's got to know, you can still see people absolutely crumble because they don't know stuff. And the one other thing I call people, it's just, I call it the 430 Gatorade. Um, because when I work in film, especially in the summertime, you know, the sets are really hot. People are putting in these super duper duper long days. And then there is that like, Right after lunch, you know, in your in the the third quarter of the day, uh, when people are getting dehydrated, and you can just see people go into that dehydrage motion, and they get all hangry, and they get really upset, and they get really picky. And as a planter, I always just knew when that was coming for me. I just knew I needed to have a Gatorade. Um, it's because it was just you just your body's response to being that dehydrated and that hungry. Um, so I always have stuff ready for this 430 snack and I try to convince people that's really important that they have it but everyone else is no no I had a big lunch I had a big lunch and then I say well how much water have you had and they're like I had a water bottle with lunch or something and I'm always just like yeah this is it this is 
this is the same thing happens outside in the world too. So in a way, it's kind of good we have those one-hour breaks to drink water and have a snack because out in the real world, people only do it every three or four hours, and sometimes they have horrible crashes. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely that mid-afternoon crash is all too real. Yeah. So moving forward, I definitely have a exceptionally strong work ethic, but uh, it is hard to find things to uh, care about. <laughs> I think once you have like a really high, you know, relationship to planting the trees and that's the thing you do and you just keep doing it, that's that you can just put your head on it and, and just keep doing that. But when you're out in the real world and sometimes it's just like moving, moving something from here to there or doing another job, it's almost actually really hard not to take it so seriously. It's hard to turn down. It's hard to like take it really easy and just like be low key about it. Cause like my mindset is still like when I'm working, we're working. And if I, if it's just like sealing envelopes, you know, by the sixth or seventh envelope, I'm like figuring out ways how to do it faster <laughs> and you know, how I can highball envelopes. So it's kind of hard to turn that off. <laughs> but it's yeah, really good I can, quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that as well. Um, okay, well, thanks for uh, sort of that nice little intro, a little bit more about you. Um, and of course, the reason I wanted to have you here on the podcast and I felt really appropriately being, you know, the first in interview episode on this podcast was the fact that you run King Kong Reforestation, which has become this very large uh, online community of tree planters or even people who are interested in tree planting. Uh, like this morning I looked and King Kong has 11,438 members. Um, so I've, I've watched it grow over the years and yeah, just with this podcast being, you know, a social media form of getting people more educated on tree planting and the world of tree planting. Uh, yeah, it made sense to bring you on and talk a little bit about King Kong because it's really become like the Facebook hub for all things tree planting. So yeah, why don't you tell us how King Kong came about? Sure. Okay. Um, I was uh, recording a song. I had recorded one very sort of tongue in cheek uh very jokish rap song called the pounder mix and uh same time that happened um peter cron from pep mill records has released a uh a two disc double album of tree planter music it was called high and ho we plant trees um maybe you can supply a link it should still be available on the internet um and there was probably 28 planting songs that got put on that and um, the one that we made was fun. It was just a joke. Um, and then we decided to make a little slideshow to go along with it. And we put it up on YouTube and we sent it out to all of our friends. And then lo and behold, before we knew it, it kind of had like, I remember when we first got up to, I remember it first had 700 views. And I remember we were thinking that was the craziest thing that had actually been viewed 700 times. That was so weird. Um, but it was funny and it was just a joke, but it was cool because, you know, it was just a song just for planters. And it was just really, I just tried to throw in as much planting terminology as I could and just make it sort of inside jokey for us. The idea was that it was going to be like a gangster rap for planters. 
Um, and then two years later, I had an idea for another song that was going to be called Welcome to Tree Planting. It was going to be sort of an int introductory style to planting. And um, I had a little extra cash that year. I had a great year. So I did book a studio. I got a music producer to help me. And we sat down and started working on this song called Welcome to Tree Planting. And I had been working for a company for pretty much my whole career at that point. I'd only been to about two different companies. And I didn't really feel comfortable. I didn't have anything negative to say, but also I wasn't in the mood to big up the company. Like I felt that would really alienate people from another company if I was talking about this company and you work for another one. So I didn't want that. I wanted it to just be a kind of a, a genderless, companyless, um, you know, just, just a song for all the planters. So I started to come up with this idea of a, like a non-company or just a, a flag or a banner to, to be under. And, and then I basically in the studio, uh, while we were recording Welcome to Tree Planting, uh, we decided to do a little bit of an intro bit. Um, and originally the songs were under the laser gun sound system. And I was trying to think of a way to make laser gun more of a name of a person and not a sound system. And so that birthed the, uh, the Lars Zergun that just, it's just a way of saying laser gun. Um, but the man, but the person name. <laughs> yeah. There was the longest time before we met that I didn't actually know your real name. Um, there I just knew you as Lars. <laughs> yeah. And funny enough, there are people who the second they see it, they read it and go, Oh, laser gun. Funny. And then there's other people who I've known for 10 years who still don't really get that that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then also I, I originally did have my own Facebook page and a Lars Zergun page, but then Lars Zergun so far surpassed my regular name that I just got sick of checking two Facebook accounts. Um, so now I'm just Lars Zergun on Facebook. <laughs> um, so anyways, we were in the booth. And I was trying to think of a way to, you know, just make it really generic. And, and I, I was just doing the Lars voice for the, basically for the first time ever recording it. And I just sort of spit out that we here at King Kong Reforestation um, would give you some tips and things to help you feel more comfortable tree planting. And uh, in that moment, the idea of a fictitious company literally opened up so many doors for us. Um, that it was, well, first of all, it was our company. It was our idea. We didn't need to worry about offending any owners of a real company or anybody, um, or alienating anyone because we knew the idea was always going to be for every single planter. And then, so the original mentality that we wanted to <clears throat> side up with was, you know, high end positivity of things like, um, tips to be a better planter, what the best gear was, what the best food people were eating were, you know, um, uh, how people were fixing their gators. Um, just positivity, because really at that point we were moving in, I was into my third, fourth year planting. And when I started at the rookie mill, there definitely is a vibe when you start a camp that, you know, those second year skeezy vets, who I call skets, they they just sit there they smoke a lot and 
some people seem to think that a sign of a vet or the sign of a better planter is just how much you complain or how much you bitch about stuff. And fair enough, that's, if they want to do that, that's fine. But that wasn't the route that I was going to take. I was going to try to steer the conversation to positive conversations on gear, how to make things better. Um, and then eventually we made our main motives were going to be um, safety. And, and then, yeah, just like, yeah, just r raising the vibes. There was enough people complaining. There was enough people who said they could have made money somewhere else. There were enough people talking shit about every company. We just wanted to focus way more on just positive things and then safety ideas too, to make sure people understood that because rookies come into it, rookies have no idea what safety really means. And we just wanted to make that more of a, a tangible talked about thing sort of on our, from, from, from the ground level. Um, so yeah. So Lars blurted out, welcome to King Kong reforestation. And then from then everything started, we made a Facebook page uh and really the idea was just so we could exchange dope contracts and give each other tips on you know when beetle probing was coming up or if any surveying work was going to be happening but yeah eventually it moved into as more and more it was just six people on my original six rookie crew um but then eventually more and more people joined because we were you know had all these cool uh we were posting lots of tips on how to fix your gear we were posting you know what what kind of pills people were having to help with their tendinitis, you know, when people started talking about having turmeric and curcumin, you know, that was a hot thing. So it was just trying to be like the really positive end of things. And it just grew and it grew and it grew. And uh, yeah, there's been 400 people new, 400 new members have joined since 2020. Wow. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is, I didn't even actually know that it was like a fake company. Like I did think it was like some kind of co-op, but then I didn't really know how it worked. Cause I was like, well, I never see them like actually doing any contracts, but then yeah, like I didn't, I didn't even know the real story behind it. So yeah, it's, it's crazy how it's all just like this sort of fictitious company just as a space to, you know, be able to have all these kinds of discussions. So um, that's definitely hilarious. And <laughs> did you ever consider making it real? Like, did you ever consider starting well, a co-op or starting like uh, a company from it? Uh, actually we did and it worked. Um, when we were still plant, when I was still planting in the, in the early two thousands, there was definitely, um, a romantic idea that a lot of people would have, you know, I think if you ever go on a special mission with a six pack, sometimes you say to yourself, well, why don't, why do we need the company? We can do this ourselves. This is just six of us in a truck. Matt owns a truck. Why don't we get our own contracts? So we started looking into that and um, we were very lucky to sidle up with a company called Integrity out of Dunster um, in the Northern part of BC. Um, amazing company run by a family um, and on their home they, they host the Robson Valley Music Festival and they have uh, the whole festival grounds are their home property and that is where all the planters would be camped and they are also a traveling funk band and every time one of their traveling funk school buses or trailers broke down that got turned into a tree planters accommodation 
So we got to live with these people and, and, and we'd have dinner at the house. Grandma cooked dinner. Uh, Seth, the, the dad, was the owner-operator. And then his kids were planting with us too. So it was an incredibly, really lovely, lovely family vibe. Um, great company to work for. And um, they offered us to sublet some trees to so them. So that's how we started. Um, okay, so we started to subcontract from uh, Integrity. And um, in order for you to bid on 250,000 trees, you would have to show that you basically planted 250,000 trees. Um, so that's why you need to sort of start subcontracting through somebody first, or perhaps if you were the supervisor for a larger company, you could win a bid. Um, but then also part of winning a bid is you need to put down 10 to 15% deposit on the contract. So if you're bidding on a $100,000 tree contract, you would need to put down $10,000 to secure the contract. Then you will not get paid until the contract is finished. So for that time, you would need to float the insurance, the gas, the payroll, the hotel costs, um, and then any, um, anything that comes up, any incidentals that come up as well. So in order to bid and make $100,000 tree planting, you would need to put up close to $50,000 um, to make it to the day you get paid. Um, so that's really hard to do for a six pack of tree planters. And uh, although I believe Matt wanted to own a company, uh, it turned out very quick that we realized we probably didn't want to own a tree planting company because the margins were so incredibly thin that, um, you know, if you go with a one truck, one truck six pack to a block, if the truck breaks down, you've lost an entire days of production. And that's a whole day. And, uh, or if a log's down or something like every time you lose production, that's such a huge portion of everything you have on the go that you lose. Um, we also came up to some frozen trees and we lost eight days of production off of that. And that unfortunately did not get added on the end of our contract. So it just, the numbers just got very, very tiny and very thin. So we were able to pay the planters a great price. Um, the tree price was very high and uh, we were the first people to do no cost motel rooms. Um, but at the end of the day, the company itself only makes a couple, really truly a, a couple dollars. Um, so we didn't really want to, <clears throat> and every time you, yeah, every time you face a new problem, um, the only solution would be to completely double down again. So if you have a problem with the truck, the only solution would be to get more trucks. And then if you have a problem with where you keep the trucks, the only solution is to get a compound. If you have a problem, problem with the payroll, the solution is to hire administration staff. And then pretty soon you start becoming a real company, which would have been, you know, it would have been a way to go, but I don't think any of us really wanted to do that. I'd say five out of the six of us were still in our prime planting years and still wanted to be planters. Um, so we gave the company a go. We all got, we all made our paychecks. All the planters that showed up had great paydays. But at the end, we all just realized with the amount of stress, time, effort, liability. Um, yeah, it was all, it was at the time, it was just better to be a planter. And uh, I'm not, with the way the industry is going right now, I'm not super sure if if you could even try that today. I don't even think you'd have enough space to make it work.
Why do you say that? Uh, just, just again, just because of the margins, they're so incredibly small. Um, any any one cent penny change uh, has such a big uh, a rippling effect on the company. I think that's why these large companies really do have so many rookies. That's 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 in a way how that business model works is that you have so many planters that the company is able to because the company's really not making that much money off a of planter. Their planters almost cost more than they make you. Um, so if you know, those huge companies that have a hundred planters, they're the only ones who are going to be able to make money because you're, if you're only making a couple bucks off a planter each day. So running the, the idea of a, of a six pack. Um, yeah. Again, like I said, the tree price was great. We all got paid well, but uh, you know, at the end of the season, I, I think, you know, if the company made 20 bucks, <laughs> that's what it made. Yeah. So yeah, basically the days of King Kong is an actual company. Uh, sort of died after that sure yeah i mean we could have done it we could have turned over i mean the idea is if, if your business makes if your business makes one penny you're technically you're in business you're a successful business if you've made a dollar um but uh at the end of the day when we really looked at it staying that size of a company was never going to work um and we just didn't yeah we didn't really want to go down the road of, of exponential growth um you know we didn't we didn't want to buy a compound or in prince george and then have 20 trucks and then six crews running it's just a whole route that we nobody really wanted to go that way we just loved the idea of maybe being a functioning six-pack who just had our cool you know days on the mountain with your friends <laughs> so yeah we eventually all just kept planting everybody went back to planting and some people still are and i think that everyone's really just happy with that decision um i ended up going with a slightly more mature company um that did hotel shows and it was a monday to friday gig um and i finished out my last few days planting in great joy with them cool okay well uh so king kong has returned to uh, sort of fictitious company, um, mostly yeah. based online here. And so I was sort of perusing the the Facebook group because, um, yeah, I sort of just mostly pay attention to the things that are getting posted on there. Um, but I did check out some of your other sections, uh, and mm -hmm. I noticed you have a mentorship section. So I was curious if you could talk about that. Um, that's a great question. Um, that is something that is new with the facebook okay let me just try to explain i think i have a bare under understanding of how king kong got so big i don't even really know <laughs> but i can tell you my theories basically five or six years ago there used to be a lot of tree planting groups um maybe like i think off the top of my head i can think of like there was like uh, dirty dirty dirtbag tree planters and schnarbaholics and slash lovers um and there was just a lot of little factions and they all sort of were everyone's just little crew from their camp or whatever and then i think it was probably in about 2015 facebook started to change the way that they had groups operating and i think if your group wasn't really that active it just sort of dissolved and disappeared so where there used to be seven or you know, maybe 10 planting groups, all of a sudden, a bunch of them just dissolved and didn't exist anymore. Um, and then so a lot of people started to join King Kong. And at that point, 
I think there was about 4,000 people in the group. But then once it clicked over to 5,000 people in the group, then I started to receive a lot more um, administrative and data collection concepts and then ability to have more rules and divisions and segments of the page. Um, certainly a lot more insight into when and where people were interacting, how many people were joining the group, how they found it. Um, and then one of the things was to offer this mentorship program. And I'm honestly, as somebody who, because I administrate the page, um, the version that I see on Facebook is different than the one that your average public planter would see. So I'm not even a thousand percent sure how the mentorship program works, but it was an option that was given to me. I said, sure, that sounds fine. I've noticed that three or four planters have signed up and um, I checked with them just to make sure what, you know, what their plan is, what their intention is, because now there is almost 50 posts a day. So, and the way Facebook keeps having that scrolling, uh, just, just a continuously scrolling thread of new posts, um, any and all posts become irreverent and lost so quickly within the day um, with gear swap and the ride share and, you know, everybody's looking for things. And then also people are posting articles that seem forest related. It's just so hard to keep things at the top. So the way I would like to see it work, hopefully is that rookies could maybe just have someone that they could interact with. Usually it's me. Most people, um, a lot of people do email Lars as a person because a lot of people send Lars resumes because they think Lars owns a planting company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And at that point, I pretty much just try to navigate them. I have my own way of keeping track of all the latest job postings. Um, I can keep them all sorted um, on my end of things. So that way, I would usually just, <clears throat> I would usually just um, send, send those, those contacts to that person directly. Um, but at this, the way the size of the group is, is growing so exponentially now, um, yeah, I, I saw that there's a mentorship, I, but I can't really explain it to you yet because it is very new. And, um, but hopefully it would be great because when someone signs up new, they don't know anything about getting into tree planting. Um, and then the way that, you know, people speak on the internet, people engage with each other on the internet. I think that you can see pretty quick that, you know, if you ask, Hey, what should I do to get into tree planting? You know, one of them will be don't, one of them will be, it's the best thing ever. One of them will be run away. Uh, one of them will probably be a misogynistic comment. One of them will be racist. You know, it's just the way inter internet goes when you have a hundred comments. Uh, it's, it's hard to censor and police that stuff. Um, so ideally, um, if people would like to step into the mentorship role, that would be great. And uh, we can just have a talk and then it would just be really great to just to have someone to just say, okay, well, look, here's what you're going to do. Uh, you know, uh, if you're going to get a company, if, you, if you're going to fly into PG, here's what it's going to be like, you know, buy your boots there. Or, you know, I, you know, I can see a lot of people just, for instance, should I take the bus or should I fly? You know, I would, I would, be, I would definitely say you should fly. The bus is three days, probably the same price. You'll feel terrible after three days and you're going to eat garbage at the truck stops. So I would say, you know, fly out, um, you know, buy this there, fly out with that. Here's what you'll need. Here's what you don't need. Um, 
so yeah, it would be great to have that a functioning program. It's very, very new, and uh, I'm gonna like I, I'd like to keep looking into that because at eleven thousand people, um, there's gonna need to be some more uh, some tiers of helpers. Uh, so with that being said, is there anything that has really surprised you about King Kong? Uh, like anything that you didn't expect to happen that has from this whole online community that sort of grown within it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has been surprising. Um, uh, I never expected to be so much ride share and uh, gear swapping, but that's totally cool because it, it seems to work. Um, I I always find it strange when I see something posted for gear and I, I wonder who would buy that. And then when I go to planting camps and talk to people, um, people say, yeah, I sold this or I got that off there. And I think that's just great that it works. Um, obviously, now that the Greyhound um, has stopped operating in basically British Columbia, um, I'm, really, I'm really happy that people are able to use it as a ride share. Um, and and then and then we move into the most surprising which is just the the trolls um the trolls and the um cancel culture uh the outing of people spreading of very strange information has definitely been on the rise there's been uh people who have bad experiences with a foreman um try to out a whole company they think they can use it as a platform to boycott a company or you know to really start stopping people from getting hired at a company um some of them are extremely valid points there's a few companies that have been called out for not paying people until the end of the season there there are a lot of planters who have been happily working all season and not getting a paycheck until november thinking that was normal and Obviously, it's great to help people and realize, yeah, no, this is a two-week paycheck thing, and no, you're not, you don't, you're not getting paid off advances or allowances, and you know, people getting pennies taken off if they leave early in the season, like that's really important information to get out. And obviously, that's pretty standard operating procedure in a lot of places, like even Ontario and some of the middle parts of the country. That's really normal, and so the standards in BC are higher. It's nice to be able to share those with other people. Um, but then there is a lot of um, there are a lot of people who have really intense emotions and they come out and they try to really start um, political concept things. Um, definitely a lot of comments coming out in the Me Too movement. Um, a lot of people posting articles and wanting to talk about um, sexual harassment and sexual assaults in camp. Um, and then you you sort of see these threads of fifty, sixty comments and. 20 of them are actually just saying, well, that's just the way things are and you can't avoid this when you have people getting together. And that's unfortunate to see. Um, I think our age bracket um, and in the world we live in today, we know that it's not the way things are supposed to be and we can definitely change the world we live in and the, change the culture of planting that we're in. So it's great to see people trying to tr change that. It's unfortunate to see people who don't want to change that. And um, there's definitely some hardcore trolling um especially highly especially in the month of november and highly especially in the end of january to early february which is where we are right now um for instance in the last 
two days, four people have tried to start a boycott on a company because of some false information that that company was supplying food and camp to, um, to the RCMP during the um, land rights embargo. Um, unfortunately, that information wasn't correct. And, uh, and so we have to try to, I have to try to keep an eye on that as best I can. Um, even though people, you know, sometimes people in Ontario are posting earlier. Um, but at 11,000 people, the comment section can blow up very fast and very quick. So there is a lot of curation that happens. And there is in fact, a lot of censorship that happens because the comments on the page are not representative of what what our initial plan was to go for. Um, so it's not a springboard for hosting arguments. Um, it's not going to be somewhere for calling out people um, because you didn't like them or because you didn't enjoy your experience or because you thought you could have made more somewhere else. Uh, we will use it as a tool to keep people safe. We do want people to know um, that they have better rights for receiving their paychecks, better rights for um, safety in trucks and food standards, um, you know, hours of work. Um, all of those things are really important to us, especially, um, you know, sexual harassment in camp and, um, you know, people's visibility of, of minorities of any sort. Um, those things we do want to talk about. But, you know, if you just had, if, you know, if, if your foreman unfortunately hooked up with someone else and they left you at the block without any trees for an hour, you know, we're not going to be hosting that call out culture. So from the inception of King Kong, you know, which was originally based on just some music uh, and mm -hmm. stuff that you wanted to put out in terms of your art and what it's grown into now. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm really happy with it. Uh, looking back on some of the songs, and the videos that I had made, um, sometimes I look, I, I definitely have a feeling of what the hell was I thinking. Um, I listened to Guerrilla Warfare the other day, and um, I, can, um, I can almost not relate to the person that recorded that song um, and the, the intensity of emotion that I put in that song, but I'm really glad it's been made. Um, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. It's one of the most concise pieces of work we did. And it did capture a very raw and uh, aggressive high baller mentality in that moment. That's where I was for that planting year. And uh, I'm really glad it's still there. I'm glad it's been made. Um, it's, it's very eclectic um, to me. Um, and then my final track, Gravediggers, um, I'm very proud of. That was when I was working as a checker. And uh, again, it's a very odd concept. And I'm, 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 I'm happy that I was able to go there and pull up something so abstract to draw as my reasoning um, for that particular piece of art. Um, and then uh, some of the work that I did with my uh, original partner, Jason Fleer, um, regarding the, the film's uh, Rebuild the Future, um, which probably was our, our peak manifesto of our ideas. Um, I'm very happy that those exist, and I'm very happy that those still resonate. Um, it's being played at the Tree Planter Film Festival right now. It's certainly our most proudest film. Um, and I'm glad to be out there trying to capture um, a mythos 
and an idea and a, a thread that's more than just, hey, I plant trees in the ground, I'm dirty, I didn't shower, and we shotgun beers. Um, so although I, the world probably will not be taken over by robotic monkeys, um, it's nice to know that in a way, sometimes we still had that idea to start with such an abstract, bizarre concept and work our way back down from there. Um, so there have been years where we looked at it as almost communist propaganda and everything we came out was that we're in this together, together we will strive, together we'll build the future. Um, there are years we've looked at it as a monarchy and you know we tried to create a gold standard to look to as to what uh, a highballer mentality could be. Um, there are times where I, it needs to create a, an illusion of a dictatorship um, and that the rules are not going to be bent and we're not going to change it to become something else that it isn't because it, we're gonna stick to the original idea. And strangely enough, every time I revert back to the original concepts of the group um, in times of crisis or in times of when things are just blowing up on the page, um, things get better and the group grows. So we're going to stick to our original plan of just like moving forward with an, an, trying to be the most seeking for the most positive ways to grow the group in safety and vibes and just attitude and not spiral into becoming just a, a winch fest or a circle of people complaining or everybody just dumping their emotions on the page. We're still just going to try to keep moving forward to keep a high standard of looking for the art that's been curated, looking for people who are making their clothing, um, like the Caring Root Collective, um, and the artists that did uh, the work for your cover page here for this podcast. You know, like we really want to strive to find those people and give them a platform um, to keep the culture of tree planting growing um, and adding those art elements. Um, even if it still gets swapped down by gear swap and, and ride shares, that's cool. But um, we just need to kind of, there is, yeah, there is a lot of work that it takes to stop it from spiraling into some of, and I'm sure you might know even about some of the, the very, very harshly negative spaces for tree planters to vent. Yeah, definitely. Um... So with that being said, are there any projects uh, with King Kong you have planned for the future? Or is it just kind of, you know, keeping that mentality as you were speaking about going forward? Or is, yeah, are there anything new that you uh, want to add to King Kong? Well, um, uh, we are being featured in the Tree Planters Film Festival, which has been um, put together by uh, Tim Chida from Summit. He's done a great job. He sold out in Victoria. Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal, and it just played in Comox last night, and we'll be coming to Nelson on February 11th, 2020. So not sure if this show will be up by then, but uh, so we're really happy to help see that move forward. Um, um, again, yeah, the mentorship would be great. Um, we're not against the idea of finding some more administrators to help keep an eye on the conversations, because things do slip very quickly um, at that number of people. So. We always just want, we really just always want it to expand to all planters and make it seem the most user-friendly for everyone to be involved in. And um, for every company from every province, 
um, for every age group. Um, we really just want it to be as user friendly and and uh, and available and helpful to everybody. Um, it was always the whole idea was always just to make a company that everybody could be part of without actually having to owe anything to a company. Um, so yeah, we, we're actively would be happy to look for more people who wanted to be administrators. If anybody wants to add to their art, um, we we would happy to promote anyone's anyone's artwork to help that. We just want to promote that sort of stuff. It's 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 out of the realm of making money now. It's just a big thing, and really the most valuable is just the idea. And I'm shocked as to how big it's got. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, at times, it is overwhelming when things sort of hit the fan. When you wake up one morning and you find a comment thread with 200 comments, and you know you have to scroll through everything to make sure people aren't going down a very bad path. When it almost always does happen, and um, at the end of the day, we just kind of yeah stick to the stick to the idea of the high vibes and and try to fight for that, and it seems to be working out surprisingly enough. Just before we uh, finish up here, I just wanted to touch as well on, because you mentioned, you know, a lot of the resources and support and culture around uh, tree planting here in Canada. But, you know, I know I've seen lots of posts uh, coming from planting companies outside of Canada now as well, uh, and tree planters outside of Canada from places such as Scotland, the UK, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, how do you feel about that uh, being incorporated as almost like a global collective of, of tree planters on King Kong? Uh, fantastic. It's incredible. Uh, those, if anybody, are the best people to join because, um, you know, in BC, somebody certainly knows somebody who knows one of us or has worked with one of us or we all know of our, our companies and we all know the gossip that we need to spread or, or tell or things that we want to talk about from the Canadian planting culture, but the fact that it's gone international, the fact that there are people from Australia who are learning tips about planting, the fact that our Canadian friends have gone and started their own companies in the UK um, and New Zealand and especially Scotland, uh, that's the best. That's fantastic. That it really is an amazing surprise. And, uh, you know, that and that really is for us um, a motivation to show that what we're doing is working because all of those cultures are brand new. You know, Australia's maybe been going up this, this, this style of industrial planting that the Canadians brought over is under 10 years old, I think probably the same as Scotland. So it's great that our Canadian culture is helping to shape the way that they do things. Um, you know, we heard stories that in other countries, tree planting is basically a job that they give to prisoners on a day out in jail. We've heard stories about, um, you know, in the UK where planting starts at noon, if someone shows up, uh, you get paid who knows when, and the contracts only last three days, and then you're off for two weeks. Like, there is a lot of crazy different ways that planting's happening around the world, and uh, we're super stoked that the Canadian style is what's maintaining a lot of us, a lot of our lifestyles. Um, it's maybe not a full-time career, but there are definitely people who are making a life out of it. Um, so we think that's great that we're able to, you know, be a visual beacon to show how things could be. Um, and if, you know, if, if people in Australia want to copy the way we fix our gators or, you know, the way that we protect our wrists or something, 
that's great news. Um, and we just love the idea of Kong going global and more and more countries will hopefully join up and everybody's welcome. And we're going to make a space for everyone to try to, you know, get jobs, look for jobs and, and also, yeah, definitely safety practices are a high priority for us. Um, they are varying all over the place and the best that we can do is just keep getting the word out about, uh, what is, what should be standard operating practice for planter safety and payroll. Um, but whatever else comes of that, we're delighted by. So lastly, uh, what is one piece of advice you would give anyone who's considering going tree planting or perhaps is going tree planting for the first time this year? Okay. Um, yeah, I've had this conversation with a lot of people when I was a checker. Um, being a checker was a great way to see people start and definitely have people asking for this. Yeah, what's your one bit of advice? And I'm going to sort of comes in two bits. Uh, unfortunately, it sounds really cliche. Um, but even on my last tree that I planted, um, I always tell people, you just have to go one tree at a time. If you just focus on that one tree and do it right, the, us, to the best of your ability on that day, you'll be able to walk away from that tree and that's it. You'll have emotional closure um, and you'll be able to carry on to the next thing. Just put everything you have into that one action in that one moment and then walk away with full emotional closure. And that spins out to other parts of my life too. Just if you're doing something, just do that one thing. Don't worry about the next 10. Don't overthink about what's coming up or the past ones. The more you just stay focused in the present, will keep your day running smoother. And all of a sudden, if you just focus on one tree at a time, it very quickly becomes 2,000. If you're thinking about planting 2,000 trees, it is a very, very difficult day to do. But if you just lose yourself in one tree at a time, all of a sudden it will be 2,000 and the day will just be done and you'll feel great. Um, and then, gosh, what else was I going to say? Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, I think we'll wrap up. Uh, Mike, I just want to say a huge thank you for being the very first guest on The Dirt. Um, yeah, it, it's been great to chat with you and, and to hear the story about King Kong. Um, yeah, and just thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to uh, share your story. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for everyone who's been a part of King Kong. Thanks for everyone who's using it. And uh, we're just really happy that everyone has a place to get together, no matter how it started or where it's going. Uh, it is what it is for now. So we're just super stoked that we have that space for everyone to keep this culture growing. And, uh, and so, yeah, I guess Aaron will post some links to the videos. We hope you enjoy the music. We hope you play it in the trucks. Um, and uh, it's all there for the planters. And also definitely anyone who has any art coming up, um, please contact us. We'll be happy to showcase your work. The way the page runs, um, we're able to post things at the top. We're able to keep your news story relevant. Um, we're able to have things be refreshed and announcements go out. So if anybody has any artwork or any projects that they want to share, please let us know because we'll be happy to keep that at the top of the page so it won't get drowned out in the ride share and the gear swap. 
And uh, we just want to keep the culture high and just build the vibes. So thank you very much, Aaron. Awesome. Well, thank you. And yeah, hopefully our paths will cross again soon. Sweet. Keep cool. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.